I'm OG Ananobi of the Toronto Raptors, and you're listening to the Double Clutch Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Double Clutch NBA Podcast presented by Leaning. I am your usual host, Matthew Wellington, and I'm joined tonight once again by Mike Miller. Hello! With both shoes on this time. No shoes on this time. No shoes on this time. Oh, I told you it's too warm in this room just before we came on there. It's too warm. <laughs> um, we, we've got quite a few things to talk about. It's been a bit weird re- the last week because I went to the Isle of Wight for a wedding. So like, you go over there, which is obviously still in the UK, and it's like lose contact with the entire world. EE's phone signal over there is shocking. I'd advise anybody going over there to switch networks. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't stream anything. Uh, just, I, I could barely get a phone call off. It was. It was annoying, and I was relying on the hotel Wi-Fi, which was about two megabyte download. So yeah, that wasn't. That Ouch. wasn't a lot of a lot of fun. Um, so I sort of came back to the world of the living on um, on Sunday and was like, oh my god, all this stuff's happened. Like teams have moved up and down the seedings, and it's pretty chaotic in the playoff race right now, isn't it? Yeah, it is crazy to think that we're into the sort of handful of games left, and basically only three teams in the West have have uh, confirmed as mathematically in the playoffs. It's um, yeah, crazy. But would you want it any other way? No, it's the business end of the season, and like it's been quite a lot of fun seeing teams still fighting for seedings. Like we've had some really scrappy games. The last couple of weeks, Portland OKC, there was a bit of a scuff. Uh, the Warriors Thunder the other night, there was there was more scuffing. Like teams are, teams are getting riled up with each other at the moment, and it's uh it's it's just that point of the season. And there's still all kinds of controversy flying around the league about who can beat who and who's going where this summer and all the usual stuff. But anyway, um, moving on, we'll go to the Eastern Conference first. We'll talk. We'll start with the uh, the Philadelphia 76ers, who are. Currently fourth in the Eastern Conference, they've secured their playoff um, position. Obviously, they can still overtake the Cavaliers. They play them once um, again before the season ends. I think there's what five, six games left for some of the, most of these teams now. Yeah, maybe not even that because the Cavs have only got four, so which is unbelievable. Yep. <laughs> Feels like only yesterday we were rushing out the season guide. <laughs> oh God, that means we've got to do it again. Better start writing them now. <laughs> Um, well, yeah, we, we are working on a playoff guide, but this is going to be like an online thing. So hopefully we'll have a little preview of each of the teams and strengths and weaknesses and stuff. But I'm, I'm not going to touch wood or anything because we're a bit all over the place at the moment. But hopefully that will be up at some point um, just before the playoffs start. But but yeah, with the seeding the way it is, it's, it's making things a, a little bit difficult. Um, okay, so uh, 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 is this Philly team like legit? I mean, how seriously should we be taking them? People are talking about them going to the NBA Finals, which might be a bit too soon, but obviously they've got two transcendent talents in Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. And I'm going to I'm actually going to say now, I know I've been like all over the the rookie of the year voting this year and I've changed my vote so many times. I'm Ben you're Simmons pick, club oh, now. I thought you were going to say you were false now. No, I'm, <laughs> his, his limited showing has not been enough to dazzle me. I think it's safe to say. Right, um, so, so you're back on the, the, the bandwagon for Simmons. I've jumped off the Mitchell wagon and I'm back on the Simmons wagon, at least for another couple of games. Um, but we shall see what happens. But I just think that this talk about them going to the finals is it, it's hilarious. I can see it, weirdly, because of the state that the Eastern Conference is in at the moment. Um but I, it would, to me, it would just still be far too early for for this team. Oh, massively! This is this is going to be a huge year, year for them in terms of getting playoff experience. They might even get a series win under their belts. But uh, Eastern Conference Finals. We know we, we talk about the East being weak, but come on, 
It's, it's that that's a little bit crazy for me. I think a lot of their playoff success is obviously going to be dependent on Embiid being able to return as quickly as possible. Um, with his with his fractured eye, nice one, Markel Fultz again. Um, <laughs> did did you see the play? It, it's unfortunate. It's a complete freak accident thing. It's not like it's not like Embiid's knees and back have have gone again. Um, so I'm not I'm not too worried as I. I was last year about his health. I saw, in general. I saw he Instagrammed from his uh, his hotel bed. <laughs> Did he? <laughs> yeah, which is a classic Joel Embiid thing. But yeah, for, like Fultz was going to get criticised no matter what happened that game. I think like the videos of his first air ball was it? I think did they, were, they, were they playing the Nuggets? I think their first tweet was like, and here he, here he is, he's back again, the number one pick. <laughs> it was like proper ripping into the fact that he'd missed his first jumper back. But oh well. The Nuggets can talk. What have they done? Get out. Just yeah, the Nuggets wind me up. We've said said before about how they're. In fact, it was the last pod about how they're just wallowing in mediocrity. Um, yeah, leave him alone. Let let the boy play. Um, but yeah, I, I, Simmons Simmons is. Uh, Got a chance to cement his rookie of the year. He's got you obviously back on the bandwagon, which is a huge swing in his favour. Um, <laughs> and uh, with, with Embiid out, this is his chance to to sort of try and correct a few truths about how much better the Sixers are with Embiid on the court. Because I mean, the difference statistically is huge in how well they perform with that that big guy out there. And despite the fact he's been out since the Knicks game, they've you know they've reeled off four straight wins. Um, They've got a couple of tough ones coming up, like you mentioned, uh, the Cavs earlier. They've got the Pistons as well. That could that could be a dogfight. Uh, and they've is got that, the Bucks. Is, is that classed as tough? It's, hey, look, because because like I know I know if you go on our our favorite website, Tankathon, right now, they have like one of the easiest schedules remaining. I think they class Cleveland and Milwaukee as like the two decent teams remaining. Yeah, and I was getting to uh, Milwaukee. <laughs> I wouldn't put Detroit in there right now. <laughs> oh, no, I wouldn't put them on the same tier, but I don't think it's a walkover. You've got Drummond was getting feisty the other night. I can't remember who it's, you know, ripping his, uh, <laughs> hulking out of his top. Um, so I don't think, I don't think it's a pushover. It's not going to be like walking into Dallas who somehow waxed the, uh, the, the Blazers, the Blazers last night. And yeah, then the Hawks who, who are just, just absolutely the, the Hawks, abysmal. Just so bad. <laughs> That's a Mike Budenholzer coach team. I, I can't quite believe it. It, it's crazy. It really is. But they are unapologetically tanking, aren't they? So, yeah. But yeah, I, I think I think it's going to be a different kettle of fish in the off season. We're going to see how they're trying to adjust to you know the slower pace, the the increased defensive intensity, that sort of thing. They they could do some damage, but I think those people who are did you say finals or conference finals? People are saying are actually saying finals, but people are drunk. Well, they are drunk. I mean, if on a scale of one to ten, it's like how shocked would you be if they circled the wagons and ended up in like the NBA finals? It's just I'd be a nine or a ten, I think, if they made yeah, it all the way through. Um, especially with the way that LeBron James is playing, with how good the Toronto Raptors have been um, recently. I mean, we'll get onto them in a minute, but like you, you said, the playoffs are a completely different game. The pace slows down. Matchups become more important than ever having stars becomes more important than ever and your little weaknesses like no matter how small they may be are just exploited all the time because teams have got you know seven games to prepare for you so Mm -hmm. it comes down to the fact that you've got a guy like Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid who will do the 
the, the unthinkable, really. And I think it's quite cool that Fultz has come back the last couple of uh, games and and been relevant for them because I think he's going to give them an edge off the point off off the bench. I think it is it, it's more than evident that he is an NBA ready player. Um, I, th- I think even in the brief spell that we've seen him, he's sliced defenses apart with ease. He's made good passes. He's actually shown that he's enthusiastic towards the game, which I think many people assumed he was just going to lose because he'd been out so long and because he'd been so sort of harassed by the the general press. I mean, every single training video he was was uploaded to YouTube and Facebook and Twitter. I mean, he came over to London, didn't he? And we were there, like people were laughing at his jump shot there. We were probably laughing at his jump shot there as well, but <laughs> it, like he's not let any of that bother him and I think that they've got some some good veterans on that team that could really help them in the playoffs JJ Reddick's going to be big for them Ilyasova Bellinelli um, but this all comes down to how good can Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid and hopefully Fultz be in the playoffs I mean at the moment Sarich is playing incredibly well as well they're just such a well organised unit um, they're obviously on a tear I think they won 11 straight at the moment um, but in the playoffs, it's it's a different ball game. I, I could see conference finals, um, but even then, I'd still probably be quite shocked. I could certainly see a first round upset. Um, if if I, they, I could, I could see them. Is it an upset when they're a fourth seed or a third seed? No. So that so at the minute they'd be paired up with the Pacers. I could see a, a gentleman sweep in in that matchup. Ah, uh, in favour. Well, they only have to play one player, which is Philip Victor Oladipo. So. Yeah, true. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll maybe I'll go I'll go full on sweep though. Uh, come on, Miles Turner isn't that bad. We gotta give him some credit. No, I, I, hey, we 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 love Miles Turner, man. He gave us a shout out when uh, when we went to do the NBA Two K sixteen launch a couple of years ago. <laughs> Back when he was a rook. Uh, yeah. Back but, when he was a rook. Yeah. Yeah. So I I mean the Pacers have have gone beyond expectations this season, um, but I think. It's you know that series isn't wouldn't even be close. I actually think there are other series that would be a lot closer in the first round for Philly, and you know facing up like teams like Miami, I think would be a tougher matchup for them. So hopefully they can keep this one because I think that's their their best chance of getting to the next round. Well, if Philly beat Cleveland this week, then they could jump into third, and then it throws the mismatches all over the place. I think that it would then become quite tight between the Pacers the Sixers and obviously the Cavs like it, it, some of these games is this next week and a bit are absolutely criti- critical to, to where people are going to stand like I think Philly need home court advantage to do anything in these playoffs um, so obviously finishing four or above would be beneficial to them but then again like they're a young team do you want to put that much pressure on them in front of that crowd that has been used to winning this year like the Eagles have won Villanova won again the other night in the March Madness there's a lot of pressure on these guys right now and it's almost I think we're heaping it on them far too early and I think Ben Simmons could shoulder it um, but if like Joel Embiid isn't healthy and Fultz isn't playing very well and the bench sort of drops off a little bit then they could theoretically really struggle but I think they could, if they finish third, then the, the, I think the finals would be a, maybe a legit 
push then because their path becomes a little bit easier but they're still so young man it's difficult it's weird to even be talking about them like this i i get what you're saying half of me thinks why are they gonna why are they gonna push for the third seed i know it looks great i don't think they should i don't think there is any pressure on them I, like i said before people who think they're going to the finals are drunk in my mind they're, they've overachieved already haven't they so. yeah exactly like i mean we thought they were going to make the playoffs this year if you picked them as a fourth seed then hat it because if i didn't think they were going to finish that high then they're just not there yet that the, the, the you can't really measure it, but experience goes a long way with the playoffs and playoff success. And if these guys oh, yeah, start, absolutely. I mean, you're going to have guys like JJ Reddick on that team, but really out of that unit, who who else has got playoff experience? Well, it, it's just, you know, it's it's Celia Sova and, and Bellinelli, like the two I mentioned a minute ago. But I think the thing we have to look at with this is like, in terms of if you were to look at the matchups in like maybe a conference finals uh, matchup, if they face Toronto, can they match up with, with, with the Raptors? Can they match up with the Celtics? Can they match up with the Cavs? I think they've shown this season throughout most of those games that they can actually match up with all of them. I think if they matched up with Toronto, Toronto would be a little bit worried because Ben Simmons is one of these unique freak athletes who can guard multiple positions. I think he, Kyle Lowry would really struggle with him. Yo, uh, Joel Embiid would just kill Jonas Valanciunas. Like, as good as Valanciunas has been... I think Embiid is is a guy who just creates a mismatch there, and then you got guys off the bench. But like you have to counter that with the fact that Toronto have got such a fantastic bench this year, and Demar Derozan's playing at an incredibly high level. Boston have got what it, many injury problems at the moment, but they're a team that that it plays to a Brad Stevens system, and that has proved in the past that it can, it can, and it will work in the playoffs. And then Cleveland are like the guys that nobody is really sure about because. As they've said during the week, like Larry Drew came out and, and said that they're, they're still scratching the surface. They're not ready. He's not entirely sure what they can do. He says his young guys are still not following their instincts. They're still trying to be part of this system and he would just like them to take over. That's all probably going to change now that Tyron Lue's coming back. But the Cavs are such an unknown factor. But Philly, for me right now, like if there's anybody who's going to cause an upset in there, I think it would probably be them. Yeah, I, I, I mean... If they, if they get into the second round, they're going to be the underdogs, whoever they face, I think. You mentioned the Raptors matchups. I don't think Valentunas is going to see the court much in that series. I think that despite his improvements during the regular season, they're going to have to look to someone like Serge Ibaka, who's maybe gives up a bit of size and weight, but has better lateral movement, uh, better footwork on the defensive end to match up with someone like Embiid and his pseudo dream shake. Um, and then Ben Simmons, I would rather let him beat me with layups and dunks than anything else. And I say beat me like beat my man because they won't keep up. If if, if you keep the ball in the paint with them, they're not going to keep up with the way that the Raptors have been uh, developing their outside game this year. I I I still think they're the underdogs. I think there's some, it'll be a, it'll be a good series. Um, Cleveland's I. Cleveland's uh, this this team that can't be asked <laughs> unless they are uh, playing someone decent. In my mind, they they don't. They're one of these teams that are like, oh right, we got them, we can take it easy, and then they lose. Or oh wait, we got them, we got to get up for this game, and they do, and they win. And we saw it with Toronto yesterday. And then Boston, I I I can't call Boston right now. It, for me, it all depends on Kyrie. So there is a route where you could see them getting to the the conference finals. Certainly, if they got to the if they got to the NBA finals, I would just be 
I, I'll be crying that I didn't buy a Joel and B jersey. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, trust the process. <laughs> Um, as you mentioned, anyway, the Cavs did indeed beat the Raptors again, a second time in, what, two weeks that they've, they've done that? And they've resurrected the ship that was apparently sinking, and they've won nine of their last ten, I think it's ten of the last twelve games. Um, and LeBron James had yet another phenomenal night. This time he passed longtime rival Kobe Bryant. James reached the 20-point mark for the 942nd time in his career, which is just... <laughs> unbelievable and then previously during the week he also passed a certain Michael Jordan with the most consecutive double figure scoring games in NBA history that's 867 this guy is unbelievable to be doing this at his age you know he's 33 years old three time NBA champion has been to what the last six seven seven finals? yeah seven that's, that's unbelievable man yeah but James Jones did as well. I'm always going to say that until, <laughs> until he gets to eight. He's not the GOAT because James Jones did it. No, no, I, I think there is an argument there to be had about the GOAT. That's a different conversation. Well, Dr. Um, Dre came out and said that Michael Jordan is a superhero and LeBron James is a basketball player. Who said that? <laughs> Dr. Dre. <laughs> Jeez. Or was it Ice Cube? It might have been Ice Cube. It was Ice Cube, I think. Oh, all right. Um, D- Dave McMenamin, did you see his tweet? I That made me chuckle today. Um, no, was this about what LeBron said on when he was asked? Yeah, so LeBron yeah. James left the locker room wearing a hoodie from Justin <laughs> Timberlake's current concert tour. When LeBron called JT a goat, someone asked him, what about Michael? LeBron's response, there's a lot of talk about ranking who is better than Michael around here these days. And I was just like, <laughs> ah! <laughs> just gifs of... Uh, Kevin from Home Alone slapping his face in the mirror, going, "Ah, that's just that was just my whole world." Then I was like, yeah, "I like that they're uh, they're playing with it a bit, though." Um, but yeah, you cannot. I think I, th- I think the minute this guy goes, it's a huge loss to the league because he he is just a once in a lifetime talent. Like the people who saw MJ won't have you know that's so far gone now that you've got guys who weren't even born when MJ was playing in the league. And it's just, he is just an unbelievable standard to to sort of set up there. He is, the, he is the model professional. He is just an absolute beast at all parts of the game. And, you know, say what you want about it. He's got his haters and his detractors. And I'm just thinking, well, okay, that that's fine. But there's nothing they can say that... that will detract from my opinion of the guy. I think he's absolutely incredible. And LeBron James is unique. Like He enters the league under a absolute torrent of media attention and is, you know, pretty much attacked every season for his first, like, five years of his career. And, like, Michael Jordan, and I was not around watching him when he was the same age, but, like, I don't recall that he ever had that much media attention at such a young age. And like LeBron has just grown up with it and he's grown into it and he's become a spokesperson for the league. He's like, you know, politically active all the time. He's cares about the community that he, you know, lives and works in and whether that be Miami or Cleveland, he's always shown an interest in that side of the game. And he, he doesn't really put a foot wrong. Like obviously the decision was probably not handled very well. Um, but I think that's like the one big mark you would put against LeBron James. Like the fact that he's gone to seven straight finals and, you know, that he's only won three is just 
is a ridiculous figure, and that's going to be the one that is always held against the six-time NBA champion, Michael Jordan. But to do what he's done and to play against the teams that he's played against, like the, the Spurs teams that were led by Tim Duncan and Tony Parker, that was an unbelievable team. And now to go up against you know the Golden State Warriors, who the last couple of years have arguably been the best team of all time, like... It's it's just a phenomenal feat from him to keep doing what he's doing at, at this age. And at the moment, you just cannot put it past LeBron carrying this team all the way to the NBA Finals again. And the victory against the Raptors the other night is just yet more sort sort of you know shut up and face the music to the the critics, the guys like like me and Joe. The last few weeks have been saying, oh, it's all it's the Toronto Raptors to lose. But yet again, you know. The, the greatest all-around basketball player of all time has, has sort of stamped his mark upon the league again. Yeah, I've got, I've got to admit, after last night's loss, because I, I said that I'm starting to buy into the to the Raptors' hype. It's hard not to. It, it really <laughs> is, because be, they have been absolutely phenomenal. But then you see, you know, games like last night, and you just, you just go, well, hold on a sec, this is once again, LeBron James owns this franchise. And the, the road, like it doesn't matter. Like last year's season, he he didn't care who the number one seed was then either. And uh, I remember the the meme going round where he's got the cigarette on and the do rag, and he's just like, you know, why why waste eighty two games getting home court advantage when you can get it in the first game of the series? And like, yeah. was, to paraphrase, it was obviously a lot wittier and succinct than that. Um, this guy, as long as he is in the playoffs, which he he obviously he's going to be he he is absolutely the the favorite in my opinion you you would have to have him unable to play for me to suddenly go oh yeah no the other team is I'm going to pick them this time because the guy is just unbelievable like what he did 2 years ago uh coming back from 3-1 against the team with the best record in, in NBA history last year again where he averaged a triple double in the finals it's just unbelievable what he does and anyone who detracts from him by saying he can't get his team over the line just look at the box score because what else could this guy do yeah and he's he has become certainly in the last seven years he's become one of those players who you have you remember the moments like you remember the moments with jordan you know you remember the the 48 points he got against detroit in in 2007 and you remember him beating the the celtics in the playoffs in 2012 like that 2012 game especially because it had such an iconic dunk in it that has been you know posted all over social media ever since then like you just cannot count him out and he's been in so many epic games it's the buzzer beater against the the, the magic and when was that 2005 six like it, 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 he's got the moments now to back him up and it's just an absolute pleasure to watch him and it's going to be a real shame when he goes but like i think he's got quite a lot more in him before we get to that point but I still worry um about the Cavaliers but I mean just purely because their defense is so bad like if a team moves the ball well against Cleveland they really struggle they 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 sag on on the defensive end and the gaps appear all over the place they can't defend the pick and roll to save their life how's um, that any different to last year though they were they, they their defense was almost as bad last year and they still walked to the comp to the to the, the finals well, the, well this is the thing like i i don't i know they've got a really good offense at the moment but i still don't think we've seen this offense at its full tilt and we need to see that for them I, that needs to be at that level 
to compete in the finals against either a Warriors team or a Rockets team or whoever it is that comes out. Oh, I don't think they'll be able to do that. Like, I think they'll get to the finals and then I think Golden State or or Houston is going to win in five. I'm not... I I just cannot count this team out. They are a completely different franchise with Kevin Love on the court. He gives them something that they, they really need, especially in the playoffs and... Now all the the, the shadow and the, the the clouds above Kevin Love's head have gone. Like he's not the trade bait anymore. He can go out there and just play his game, and I think he really suits LeBron in terms of LeBron being the the pass first orientated guy. Like Kevin Love is a guy who's just happy to take the shots and and he hits them. Like, but they they're a phenomenal offensive team that that you can't you can't put it past them. But defensively, they're all over the place. But if the game slows down, which it will do, then they could theoret- they could in theory get better quite quickly how how long though like i appreciate we've just well i, I certainly have just like gushed for five minutes on lebron um <laughs> and you mentioned love there and how likely is it do you think that he's able to stay on the floor this time if, if they face someone like the warriors because every every year every year <laughs> that's how, so often we've had this finals <laughs> um it's it's him who becomes the the weak link just because he can't for whatever reason his style of play is it doesn't allow him to stay on the court against the Warriors do, do, are you not worried that the minute they get back there Kevin Love can't stay on the floor and then LeBron's on his own again just like he was three years ago when Kyrie was injured uh, in, in game one and Love had already had his elbow pulled out his socket by Olinick. Was it elbow or shoulder? Th- yeah, I think they might be able to cancel some of that out this year, though, especially with adding, like, Larry Nance Jr. And I know we've we've been very wax lyrical about him before on the show, but, like, I think he's going to really adapt well to the playoffs when the, when the game slows down. I think he's a grit and grind, a hustle-type player. He's going to be the one who's, you know, winning the rebounds and, and trying to grab the loose balls. Like, I know he's known for his high-flying dunks, but, like, don't underestimate his his energy and his defensive impact. Like I think he could be a real difference maker, and that's an option that they, they they haven't had before. And Kevin Love, like for all the criticism we give him, Game Seven of that Finals, he made massive plays on Steph Curry towards the end of that game that effectively sealed it for them. Uh, and he's got it in him. Um, so I, I I'm not as worried as perhaps you you make out we should be. But I think Larry Nance Jr. is going to be a, a real a real difference maker for them. And I think. Guys like George Hill and Rodney Hood, like they're really going to come into their their own in this in the playoffs, especially in series against teams that stretch the floor well, because they're both long, athletic guards. Um, George Hill, especially, is really good at defending the pick and roll, and Rodney Hood is is a good rebounder for a, for hit for a guard. So, I think they they've got advantages with this lineup compared to what they they had at the start of the season, and the turnaround from the start of the season has just been unbelievable i mean i know they were 18 and 7 over like their first 25 games but then they were they ended up 34 and 22 at the all-star break and they just flopped around and didn't seem to know what they were doing for the weeks after that and now they've they've started to figure it out again um and i think kevin love's been a big part of that yeah i don't i don't deny he has i don't deny he has i don't deny that he was a key contributor in in the Cavs title winning game seven with that defensive effort on Curry uh, I just think though that the play he made was a a one in a hundred play versus his his ability to to 
to recreate that sort of every time up the floor in in the finals, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes. Uh, it is a one once in a moment thing, like you were saying, and it still looks weird if you go back and watch that play. You still think, "Oh, Steph's got him here," yeah, (laughs) and it doesn't happen. But I, I mean, he he is absolutely vital to their success. But I just, I just wonder how well he's going to match up because, yeah, he can play center as an undersized center. That's great. So match him up with Zaza, but Zaza doesn't. (laughs) He's a non-entity. he, he, well, he doesn't even start anymore. It's no, McGee it'd now is starting. irrelevant in the finals. But, um, and and they the big the lineups they go to still don't have a centre. Their their main lineup, unless you count Kevin Durant, and and I would not be comfortable sticking Kevin Love on Kevin Durant. Like, and I don't I would I don't know what other warrior he could stay in front of. Maybe maybe Draymond a bit, but. That's I just you know playoffs matchups. Uh, that's where I'm looking down the line. That's where I'm worried. But regular season wise, yeah, he's been absolutely great. Yeah, the, the Warriors are the ultimate mismatch nightmare because you, you've got like Kevin Durant this year has arguably been playing at a defensive player of the year standard. He's been phenomenal, and then obviously, but they've got injury worries at the moment, which throw all of their their playoff like, oh, chances yeah. into the into the river at the moment but like Steph Curry you can't you just you can't guard him that nobody can actually guard Steph Curry there's just no point in saying he can Draymond Green is something else you never quite know what you're going to get with him and then they they just get boosts from from their bench and obviously Clay Thompson is still severely overlooked by a lot of people like he would he he could carry a team by himself if he was a like a star guy on a different team um but but yeah I, I I think that I don't think the Cavs are as mismatched as they as as they could have been, which is, I guess, if you're a Cavs fan, is is a bonus. Um, but moving on, because we could talk forever about Cleveland and, <laughs> and, and, and where they where they could um where they could end up. Um, Damian Lillard, your Portland Trailblazers, like you mentioned earlier, they they played the uh, the Mavericks last night and and lost that one, which was weird. Um, because they they were in front and then they were behind and it all got a bit scrappy towards the end. But with five minutes left in that game, um, Lillard well, rolled his ankle basically and put all of his weight on it. He didn't sound like he was in the best of situations. I think this is it for him. Um, there's not really much point in them risking him for the rest of, what, five games, is there? No, not really. Um, plus it gives CJ more opportunity to to impress people. Um, did you, I don't know if you heard the uh, the Kevin Durant pod the other day with Bill Simmons where he said nope. CJ McCollum was the hardest guy in the league to guard. And I was like, really? Um, and, and Bill Simmons said, really? And he was like, yeah. And I still don't, I can't tell if KD's joking around, but his um, evolution as a, as a as an all-star caliber guard has just been really impressive to watch. Um, the rest of the team, they continue to need contributions from them. This is their chance to, to have a little bit more opportunity to get into a rhythm before the playoffs start uh Lillard has said um I've got a pretty high pain threshold uh but I'm, I'm I can't remember what it was exactly he said but I'm, I'm not gonna rush back sort of thing my mind he, now he just wants to be ready for the playoffs I think yeah and they're, they're sat in the third seed at the minute ideally they want to stick there so whether if it comes down to the last game of the season maybe maybe they uh they bring him out if if the the, the sort of uh, the seeding is on the line, but yeah, they're they're a couple of games ahead at the minute. I they do play the Jazz though in the next four games, which 
it, it could be a tough one, but if you you go on Tankathon, they have the toughest schedule in the league with their remaining four games. So it's going to be an interesting one, but I, I don't think you can risk Damian Lillard. <laughs> no, well, this is where Nurk needs to earn his money. Like, it, it, I mean, a double-double isn't enough. <laughs> a double-double is enough if he averaged it for a season. Yeah, but not the last like five games every year, which is what he's done the last yeah, two years. <laughs> exactly. He's uh, but yeah, the Blazers are an interesting team for me. I obviously, you know, we mentioned who we see coming out the West earlier, and they didn't even get a look in. It's just between the two uh, in Houston and Golden State. I think that's just their their best bet is maybe a shot at the conference finals, but unlikely. <laughs> Like the the likelihood is they'll win the first round and then get bounced in the second. I think they'll be a good series, whoever they're playing. But I just don't think they have enough firepower. And as I've always said, their their undersized backcourt worries me. Yeah, they're they're always a fun team to watch in the playoffs. And great fun, great atmosphere. I'm going to call it the Rose Garden because I refuse to use the new name. Um, <laughs> I say the new name it's been that for like three years but I still get fed up with calling it so Rose Garden um, but yeah and I, and I get what you've been about um, CJ McCollum actually I'll have to go back and, and listen to that, that episode but he does come across as a very relentless player like he's constantly in other players faces which is which has got to be a good thing if he's on your team anyway moving on the, uh, the San Antonio Spurs are currently fifth in the Western Conference this will be the first season since 1998-99 that they will fail to reach 50 wins. Yep. And it would have been longer had the uh, the lockout season, <laughs> I imagine. Uh, yeah, it was. <laughs> that's, that's crazy, but I, I'm not that fussed by this part of it. I, the, the whole, like, oh, they're not going to make 50. Well, what do you expect? Their star player is... Re- well, would you say he's refusing... To, to play he's like, throwing what, his toys out the pram is what it seems like at the moment like it's getting worse and worse for the look of like the good boy look of, of, of Kawhi Leonard I mean I know they played the Clippers last night they lost that one a narrow one some dodgy decisions at the end by the officials it looked like that the Ginobili or it might have been Danny Green had stolen the ball at the at the end of the game and then Ginobili went to hit a game tie in three and it, it, it didn't count because it looked like his foot was out of bounds but like the Clippers won that game. That could turn around their their playoff um, push. But yeah, like Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard is, according to Brian Windhorst of ESPN anyway, the subject of many inquiries by other teams around the league, shall we say. And that was later confirmed by Zach Lowe. But it, it's getting stranger and stranger for a guy who's been so quiet for so long. You know, he was a finals MVP. is supposed to be the next big thing in San Antonio. The guy who was going to carry the franchise after Tim Duncan... To to have this happen is is very very weird. Yeah, totally agree. I was trying to think of the last time. I can't I can't remember one. I've I mean I've seen it where guys get drafted and refuse to go to the teams they're drafted to. I remember yeah. Steve Francis doing that. I remember someone else doing it in Toronto as well when they first started. I remember Gary Payton refusing to turn up for someone as well. But now you're going way back. It it's just really odd and it's really odd to me that he wouldn't want to be in a situation where there is that system and consistency that means that even without a top three player in the league who's a finals MVP a defensive player of the year um, an all round like this is one of the few guys you would pick you know your first choices if you had a, a draft of all the players in the league even without him they're still admittedly tied in the fourth seed at the minute, but they're still in the fourth seed. It's just 
mind-boggling when you when you look at their roster compared to some of the teams around them as well it's you know the thunder are stacked with they have three all-stars on that roster and the thunder are still well they're, they're what a 0.5 of a game behind them at the moment but and uh, like the timberwolves are still relatively young the jazz have got a bunch of young guys and then a defensive nightmare in rudy gobert so like on paper you you wouldn't expect the the Spurs to be where they are, but it's, it's just a, it just speaks volumes as to how instilled this culture is in San Antonio. Like it's been there for well over fifteen, sixteen years now, and it's phenomenal to to be getting what they they've they've been getting out of Lamarcus Aldridge this season after he had said that he wanted to leave in the summer, and then to get the impact from guys like Rudy uh, Rudy Gay, who people just assumed would never be anything useful um certainly in recent years and then Ginobili still looks like he's been drinking from the fountain of youth and Deontay Murray's ahead of schedule like you'd think that was the perfect situation for a, for a 26 year old superstar who, who's been there and done it all already um but obviously it isn't <laughs> yeah it's, it's it, I, I can't help but think it's linked to LaMarcus Aldridge I just I, I, there's something like about him. it. Yeah, I, I I think they've they've butted heads or something. Like, well, maybe that, it was, that happened in Portland, didn't it? So, yeah, and Lamarcus went, you know, had his choice of teams and wanted to go to a place where he'd be the star. And as quiet and reserved as as the demeanor of of Ka- Kawhi is perceived to be, there's got to be some sort of ego there. And it's it just strikes me as massively odd for want of a better descriptive, that this is a guy who's probably, if he stays with the Spurs, he is a designated player, super max caliber guy, and yet he's he's refusing to play when he's being cleared by medical staff, and there's all sorts of stuff going on there. He's turned down his Jordan contract, and that's, that's cool. You, you can go and get more money elsewhere maybe, but why? what is it... Why are these things coming out now? And do you, do you think he wants out? You think this is a I'm I'm done with this franchise? And if he does want out, what? Why? Is it out of San Antonio or is it out yeah, of basketball uh, as a whole? No, no, no. He's not Larry Sanders. Larry Sanders was that? Who it was wasn't it Milwaukee who retired midway through the season? It's so weird because like he's not even been with the Spurs. Like he's not even been training with them or anything. He's been in New York for this rehab the last week or so, and teams are just knocking and calling and inquiring like I've seen stuff about the Lakers and wondering whether it's worth going for him and every team under the sun is obviously getting ready to to pitch pitch their best shot at, at the Spurs but like it makes no sense to to leave this situation especially when you saw how close they were the other year against the Warriors like he goes down in that series after Zaza completely cheats him and it it ruins the series and it, it it just bring it just adds to more weight to Kawhi's case that he is in fact a guy who can carry that team like he's good enough to beat some of these superstar teams by himself because he's so good on the defensive end like there's not really a huge weak point to his game he's a good offensive player he's a great defensive player it's not like he's James Harden who is you know not so great on one end and unbelievable on the other he's got a he's got an all around game he's one of those unique superstars you'd put him in the categories of you know LeBron James and, and Kevin Durant but to to leave this situation and to leave a team that is so respected, an organization that is so respected around the league, it, it 
it's weird and it, it stinks that it's all coming out like this really i did not expect this from a guy who seemed so quiet and so sort of well informed he's always held himself really really well and that's come across in interviews and stuff in the past but it's like this whole under the radar thing that's going on at the moment we hear different reports every every single day of the week it seems it's it's a bit unreal it's 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 almost like he's had a personality change and something's happened somebody's told him somewhere that this injury is going to cause him problems or someone has said look you need to get out and get in a bigger market but you know you with the spurs like they're a team that completely dominated the 2000s like they are the organ one of the organizations that most basketball players want to play with like if you're drafted by them you do not complain yeah well that, i th- i think maybe that's to do with the uh, the sort of thing i'm getting from it is just how well tim duncan controlled a locker room and was yeah. the cornerstone of a franchise because with you know he was just solid there for 20 years and now he's gone and these little cracks are starting to appear and there's there's infighting um well, there's no so- egos in those spurs teams no, apart from maybe they, Bruce, Bruce Bowen, but that's just because he's annoying. <laughs> the, the original <laughs> Zaza, um, and it's just you know Tony Parker's who 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 is a veteran leader of the team and is a guy who should be mature enough to know what to say and not say. Made the comment of you know my injury was a hundred times worse when asked when he'd be back, and it's just yeah. like. Why? Why are they adding fuel to the fire? You had you had Woj come out and say that there was a heated um, team meeting where he was uh, implored to return to the court, and then Danny Green immediately shot it down. It's just weird that this story hasn't broken in full. I mean, it's just been bubbling away now for what feels like at least three months. Yeah, and it's, it's been just, at least since the turn of the year. Ah, uh, it's just so weird. I really want to find out what's going. <laughs> I really want to know what's going on. You just to me, don't I, expect it from this organization either. <laughs> Yeah, I, that's why I wonder if you you sort of hit the nail on the head with the someone's had a word in in his ear about money because San Antonio not a great market. Maybe that's why he turned down the Jordan deal because because of the market he was in, uh, the the amount of money he was offered reflected the the reach of that. And maybe it's not about the fact he could earn the supermax with the Spurs. Maybe it's about all the the additional um, endorsement deals he could get if he was I don't know. In LA, where they have the State Farm commercials and all that, go or New York or anywhere, or New York. Although no one wants to go to New York anymore. <laughs> no, but like, if you want to challenge yourself, then then why not? <laughs> yeah, that would be a challenge. You've done everything you could possibly do with the San Antonio Spurs. You've you know you're defensive MVP, you're MVP of the finals. You've already got a championship. All before you're what twenty four, I think. No, twenty. Was he 22 when he won that? Yeah, it's a while ago now, and he's oh only just God. 26. So Crazy. Absolute crazy. It's so strange. It, and it's going to be one of those stories that I'm not entirely sure we'll ever get the answer to. And then when like somebody's bio comes out in 40 years' time, there'll be a sentence that will just make everybody go, oh, okay, <laughs> that's yeah, what happened. It'll, it'll be Lamarcus Aldridge's, <laughs> and it'll be a chapter saying why Kawhi left San Antonio, and it'll just be a really brief chapter and say, me. Yeah, because I'm. I don't like other people taking over my starlight. Yeah, I mean, I Damian, can, I Damian can totally Lillard. see that. That you know, it might be a conspiracy theory, but I can totally see the arrival of Lamarcus Good and conspiracy his. Theory. Yeah, just just putting Kawhi's nose out of joint a bit. But yeah, interesting one. It is um, right. Games of the week. Have you got one? I have. 
You have. Well, it's on you, Friday. You can, you can say what yours is because I don't know what mine is yet. I'm flipping <laughs> drastic. Really. On Friday, yeah. we mentioned it earlier a lot. It's got to be Cleveland Philly. There's there's so much at stake there uh, for for both teams, and this is the future king uh, as he was heralded by the current king. So, what more could you want from a bit of Friday night NBA action? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of one now. At least it's okay. At least we don't have any of the um, oh, the, the horrific bowls that we had last night, where we had um, we had the Suns and the Kings, which was which was loads of fun. Um, so on Saturday at 8:30 p.m., um, we've got the Nuggets and the Clippers, which is obviously an important game in the uh, the Western Conference seedings right now the Nuggets have been that team that I said last week has just thrown away so many games that they could have won easily um, this season so it'll be interesting to see how they handle the Clippers the Clippers obviously beat the Spurs last night um, in a close matchup Doc Rivers has got them playing well at the right um, point of the season which is weird because they just have such a, a, a crazily put together roster that has you know had several trades and movements this year but I'd take Denver. I think it would be a fun game to watch. It's got important playoff um, sort of repercussions, so keep an eye on that one. Um, as always, the website is doubleclutch.uk. Please go and check us check us out um, on Twitter at doubleclutch.uk and Facebook forward slash doubleclutch.uk. Also, on the website, we've, um, we've, we have had a couple of articles um, the past few weeks. We we obviously had the Drew Holiday post that Joe did, and then our most recent piece was from um, one of our lead writers, Sean Guest, and he put about he wrote he wrote about um, Dirk Nowitzki. Well, he basically should have retired earlier, is what is what Sean Guest is saying, and I think quite a few people on our team have have been convinced um, with with quite a compelling argument. So go and check that out. Um, is there anything else that you think we need to mention? No, I don't think so. I think you've covered it all. No, covered it all. Uh, we are working on a new podcast, which we're, we we will announce and we will get around to it at some point. But basically, we need your help. Um, it's going to be called The Court. It's going to come under this feed. So if you're a subscriber on iTunes or whatever you subscribe on, um, you can you can just keep subscri- subscribed and you, you will automatically get the download whenever we get around to it. Um, it's going to be called The Court. It's just going to be a f- sort of an NBA UK focused show where we're going to compile all of you, your guys' thoughts and theories and, and opinions over the course of a month and then it'll be sort of the last show so we'll have like three regular shows every monday and then we'll have the the, the court on the fourth week so the, that will basically be like a almost i don't want to say a roundtable discussion but it'll be it'll be your guys questions being sort of de- de- debated and answered and we're going to try and come up with some surveys and stuff and see if we can get a little bit more fan engagement because like we get good we get really good fan engagement on twitter and stuff don't we so like i think it's something that we've we've wanted to push for a while usually like listener questions is something that I think it's safe to say we've just tacked on before. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. So this is more of a sort of dedicated show, like a, a you know a good solid hour or whatever on your questions, and we'll be taking written questions on the email, which is at uh, admin at doubleclutch.uk. You can tweet us, you can comment on Facebook, and we'll we'll ex- we'll happily accept audio recordings as well if you you like to get your voice on the show. <laughs> that this could get interesting. It could, um, <laughs> but no, I, I think it, I think it's a good idea. Uh, I, people have asked some great questions before. We've had some really good. Uh, we've had like running questions coming in from people that, that sort of build each week. Previously, yeah. it's, it's so it's pretty cool. I think it's going to be a. I think it's going to be a good little show. Yeah, it's it, it's like a little bit of casual and a little bit of enthusiast. Like we we kind of want to just appeal to 
to a broader audience and whereas these shows that me and mike and, and joe and everybody do like these are far more structured like we kind of know what we're talking about every week i say kind of because it is kind of <laughs> structured he uses yeah, structured as we jump quotes. all over the place in air quotes i'm waving my fingers around as well it's like we know each other um, but but yeah this, the, the court is, is going to be coming soon it's going to be a little bit of fun we really hope that you guys um, do engage and obviously do send emails and, and questions and get your thoughts across we're thinking of using like survey monkey or something to come up with a few questions like we'll rotate the questions every month and hopefully they'll be sort of relevant to what's happened over the past four weeks so obviously with the playoffs coming up I think it would be a perfect time to talk about who people think are going to uh, progress well in the playoffs and who's going to win the finals etc so we'll, we'll see what we can come up with but, um, but stay tuned anyway I've been Matthew Wellington he's been Mike Miller we'll catch you next week Good night. <laughs>